Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're in Mark chapter 6, verses 53 through 56. Jesus is going to heal some more sick people in Gennesaret. Let's jump right in. When they had crossed over, they came to land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. Let's stop right there a second. I want to point out something that I noticed in the text that I've never seen before. And it's not the main point of this text, but it's worth pointing out. If you remember in yesterday's text where Jesus walked on water, we did a devotion on that, which you can go back and listen to if you have. Jesus told his disciples, get into a boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida. Well, if you look at a map, Bethsaida is on kind of the north-northeastern side of the Sea of Galilee. Gennesaret is on the north-northwestern side of the Sea of Galilee. So these are two different spots. One is where they were headed. One is the place they ended up. A skeptic, not a very smart one, would say, see, you can't trust the Bible. It said they were going to Bethsaida. They ended up Gennesaret. Well, there's no way that Mark, if he was faking this entire story, would have made that silly of a mistake. So you got to take to the bank that they ended up in Gennesaret even though they set out to go to Bethsaida. There are two explanations for this. I think one is better than the other. One explanation, the weaker one I think, is that they went to Bethsaida and then they left Bethsaida and went to Gennesaret. So there are two crossings. Even though the text doesn't tell us that, there are a lot of things that aren't in the text. There are a lot of there are a lot of things that aren't in the text, and Mark might not have included the fact that they did arrive at Bethsaida, their intended destination, did whatever they did there, and then got in and crossed over again to Gennesaret. The better explanation, I think, is that the wind was blowing differently than they expected, and they ended up just a little bit off from where they set out to. So at any rate, here they are at Gennesaret. The only small point I want to make out of all that is even Jesus himself gets taken off course. We talked about that a couple days ago in the text, where they planned to go get some rest, but then a crowd showed up and then they ministered to the crowd putting their plans on hold. Sounds like their plans were to go to Bethsaida but they ended up in Gennesaret and even when God himself is in the boat plans change. They had to learn to roll with it and we have to learn to roll with it when plans change. Many are the plans of man the Bible says but the Lord directs his steps and in this case it sounds like the Lord directed their steps by blowing the wind in a different direction and they ended up in a different place than they set out to land. Let's continue. And when they got out of the boat the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment, and as many as touched it were made well. So this sounds like a full-on mob scene. At some point, you might want to cross over and listen to the CC Podcast Conversations. That's a podcast where I interview interesting Christians with inspiring stories. There's an interview I did with two missionaries named Mac and Sela, that's their pseudonyms. Sela is a doctor, and she and her husband were serving in Nepal, and she was the only doctor within a large area of that country. And it didn't turn into the mob scene that we see with Jesus, but it's an interesting story nonetheless, and you can understand that when there's somebody in the area who is known to bring healing to people who are sick, they flock to him. That's what's happening to Jesus. And all of this, by the way, is evidence of the faith that the people must have in Jesus, at least to some degree. You remember a few devotions ago when Jesus was in his own hometown of Nazareth, and he couldn't do any mighty works there because the people lacked faith. Well, he's doing
doing some, well, he's doing quite a bit of healing and miracles here. And so maybe there's an indication that the people of Gennesaret and the surrounding area have more faith than the people of Nazareth did. Interesting. The main thing I want us to reflect on from this text, however, is a comparison between the people's response in this text to Jesus, who is physically healing people, and our response in our lives now that we understand that Jesus performs spiritual healing. You can imagine somebody has leprosy, somebody's paralyzed, somebody's been blind. They're coming to Jesus in the area around Gennesaret, and he's healing them. And that's tremendous. The thrust of his ministry, though, wasn't to physically heal people. It was to spiritually heal people. The physical healings were a little bit of a validation of the spiritual claims he was making. These people didn't have the whole story of the gospel the way that we do. We understand that he went to the cross. He paid the penalty for sin. He was crucified. He rose again. And anybody who puts their faith and trust in him can receive his righteousness, can receive the penalty for sin Mark paid on their account, and can by faith stand confidently before God as one of his sons or daughters, not just in this life, but grafted into his family, part of his kingdom forever and ever after they die. These are things we know from the biblical record that the people of that day didn't understand as clearly as we do. But they are responding the way that you would expect they would respond. It says they began to bring sick people on their beds wherever they heard that he was. But friend, the spiritual sickness that people are plagued with today is far more consequential than the physical maladies that the people in this text had. I don't mean to minimize sickness, but blindness or paralysis or leprosy at the very worst only last for a lifetime. The spiritual sickness that we have, if it is not remedied, lasts forever. Just to be clear, people who do not trust Christ are not clothed in his righteousness, do not have the penalty for their sin mark paid because of his sacrifice. They don't stand confidently and blameless before God. They are condemned. So how much more committed, how much more impassioned, how much more urgent should we be than the people in this text were to bring the sick who we know, the spiritually sick that is, to Christ before they die? I hope it's a sober reminder to you, I know it is to me, that the clock is ticking and there are many people we love who have not yet had an encounter with Jesus Christ that has led to saving faith in him. We should pray for those people and we should ask God to show us our role with regard to those people coming to faith in Christ. That's something to chew on and pray about, isn't it? Have a good day. The Daily Dose is a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, share with a friend, and prayerfully consider financially supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org, where you can also find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast, which is aired on stations around the world since 1936, and where you can listen to our Conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions to shape our lives the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they're bringing all three together to honor God and bless our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.com. That's thefamilyleader.com. We also want to highlight two ministry partners. First is the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, whose conference videos and schedule events are available at cedarfallsbibleconference.com. And please consider joining us for their 101st annual conference from Saturday, July 30th through Saturday, August 6th in 2022. Second, if you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online Christian mentor, please visit issuesiface.com, which is provided by Power to Change Digital Strategies. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.